When you think about the ways that you are disrupting this industry, what's the biggest way that you feel that you're making that disruption? First off, I don't know any former professional women's basketball player that has started their own agency and is scaling the way that I am. We do things with a, a different type of flair and a different type of swag. We're kind of just going for things and seeing what happens. This time last year, actually, I pitched to the WNBA, hey, let me let my agency do a a bunch of your events for All-Star Weekend. When other agencies found out that I did that, which they didn't find out until the events were about to happen, they were like, damn, we wanted to do that. It's like, okay, well then you should have pitched it. <laughs> right. So so we're, uh, we're just doing things unapologetically. And I think there's a lot of OGs in the space who have, who have led the way thus far. And I'm kind of coming in and, and uh, switching things up a little bit. What's happening, beautiful people? Welcome back to the Thrive After Sports podcast. Just a quick intro today. I promise we'll get right into this episode with Taylor Burner. I know her as Taylor J. She went to Stony Brook. We came in as freshmen together. She played basketball. I played football. And we recently got reconnected and she's doing some big things. This is a must listen, especially for those of you guys who are aspiring sports agents uh, or if you you know have ambitions to have your own agency one day or if you want to do anything in like the sports or entertainment, you know, management type space. This is the episode for you. Definitely make sure you're ready to take notes. She dropped a lot of gems. Uh, as always, guys, hit that like button. Subscribe to the channel if you're listening on YouTube. Subscribe to the podcast if you're listening on Apple or Spotify. And please, please, please do me a favor. You know I don't ask for much, but I'm not too proud to beg. Please hit that five-star button if you're listening on Apple or Spotify. It really makes a big difference. I want to get this message out to more people. You guys know I do this show for you guys. I don't make money off the podcast. I have other ways of earning. This podcast is really just to get the message out and hear from great people doing great things. People who are former athletes and are up to big things. Things, people who are really thriving in life after sports and taylor J is a prime example of what it looks like to thrive after sports let's get into this episode you, you could be doing something for a long time but it takes you being put in some sort of spotlight in order for people to recognize it and taylor we're just we were just having this conversation the other day so i'm scrolling through my feed or i think i was on linkedin one day and i see a forbes article <laughs> man this woman looks familiar you know and i'm like man that's taylor b from stony brook she played women's basketball at Stony Brook while I was there. And I'm like, man, she has her own agency. I'm reading through the article. I'm like, I got to reach out. I'm like, Taylor, we haven't talked in years, but I know your story will help a lot of people. So, folks, I'm here with Taylor Burner, the founder of Agency 3-2. You know, why don't you tell people a little bit about the backstory and what you're up to these days with your agency, making major moves? Yeah. So, thanks for having me on. I'm super excited to be here, especially with a Stony Brook alum, Go Seawolves. And, uh, and it's going to be exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm passionate about telling this story mostly because there's a lot of athletes out there right now that maybe just finished or are trying to figure out what they're going to do next. And a lot of it, when I was in college, I didn't know that I could do what I'm doing now, 10 years later, which is crazy to say. Um, so, so yeah, thanks for the opportunity, but to answer your question, so yeah, I started Agency 3-2 about a year and a half ago. Uh, we're a full-service sports marketing and entertainment agency. Um, so two sides of the business. One is that we manage a roster of talent. Um, I'm also a WNBA agent, so part of that is on-court contracts for WNBA players. Um, and then talent management from brand deals to starting podcasts and starting 
um, starting clothing lines, anything that, that someone who uh, has their own brand wants to build, we can help them do that for our roster. And then on the other side, um, we work directly with brands. So we work with Nike, we work with Gymshark, Graduate Hotels, DraftKings, et cetera, and doing their brand marketing um, events and digital production. Oh yeah, just a just a light roster of names you might have heard of before. Just something very light. <laughs> few brands, few brands. Just a few. And so, for those of you listening, this is why I wanted to have Taylor on. Aside from the story, which we'll get into in just a second, Taylor. But a lot of folks, especially in my line of work, you might imagine they tell me I want to be an agent. You know, let alone start your own agency. So get your pens and and uh and pads ready because this is going to be a master class. So for those of you asking, here's Taylor to give you the blueprint. Right, <laughs> all you got to do is follow the breadcrumbs and put the work in. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this: When you were at Stony Brook. I mean, did you know that you were going to play professionally? Did you always have a hunch or was that something that just kind of came about? Absolutely not. I hung up my shoes like three times in my career, (laughs) in my post career. No, I thought I was done after the season. And, uh, and that was what March of 2013 crazy. Um, But no, and then I was I had tried out for this team called uh, the Maccabea Games. Um, most people have probably not heard of this, but it's actually the third largest sporting event in the world behind the World Cup and the Olympics. Um, it's basically the Jewish Olympics. So uh, you have to have some type of Jewish blood, whether it's your father or your mother, and uh, you can try out for, for the team wherever your country is. So obviously I tried out for Team USA. I actually made the team in 2009 and didn't go the games are every four years um that was my freshman season at stony brook and i was like i don't want to miss all the freshman workouts and all that stuff so i didn't go in 2009 tried out again in 2013 and actually didn't make it and then they called me i think it was february of 2013 and they were like hey someone dropped out and you were the first to reserve so i ended up playing in the maccabee games in the summer of 2013 um after I thought my basketball career was going to be done in March, um, but couldn't pass up an opportunity like that. So while I was there, a lot of agents and people were seeing me on the roster and seeing that I was done playing in college and uh, enlightened me to the fact that I could get my passport and play overseas. So that is how I ended up playing overseas. And then I actually didn't think I was going to play after the first season. And then my agent called me back and was like, Hey, they want you again. And I was like, all right, I'm selling gym memberships at LA fitness. So this, <laughs> this sounds better. So, <laughs> so I, I left again and, and went overseas again for another season. That's funny. So it was the best option at the time, but were you, I mean, were you enjoying it or were you kind of falling out of love with the game of basketball at that time? I was enjoying being in Israel. It's a beautiful country. Food's good. People are cool. Nightlife is awesome. And at that age, that was really what I was interested in. Um, But I was falling out of love with the game for sure. Um, I didn't like going to practice. I was just like, I was not having a good time playing anymore. Um, So that's why it only lasted for two years. After that, I was like, okay, I'm I'm really done now. So what was that transition process like? I mean, did you, was your agent trying to get you to go back for a third year or were you just like, man, it's a wrap? I actually left in the middle of the season. Uh, <laughs> and my agent was like, yeah, no, I was done. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I had some teammates that I really didn't like. It was just a whole thing. But um, I 
was overseas and I just started Googling jobs in sports <laughs> and started applying to everything. I, I wasn't even keeping like a spreadsheet or anything of all the jobs I applied to. I was just applying and uh, came back, moved to Brooklyn um, without having a job, just have my savings from overseas. And I was like, I'll just figure it out when I get there. Um, so luckily I ended up getting called by one of those jobs and, uh, I ended up working there for about two years or a year and a half for two years. Um, that was kind of my first like big girl job. <laughs> and what was that job? I was the program manager for a youth, uh, sports fitness education company. So basically we would go to underserved communities around New York city and all five boroughs and bring the school or the organization um, fitness program. So at the time, New York uh, public schools were removing uh, recess and gym, like PE, from their curriculum. So all these kids were going crazy because they were sitting in their seats all day. And so a lot of the schools wanted to bring back some type of fitness or movement. So we would create those programs. So I was building the programs. I was training the employees or the instructors. I was I was hiring them. I was also firing them, which was very interesting and had never done that before. Uh, so yeah, it was super small company, um, like one step up from being a 501c3 or like a nonprofit. Um, so it was like, I learned a ton because there wasn't a lot of people to do all the jobs. I was kind of doing everything. Um, so interesting experience. Glad I had it, but um, that was actually also the first job I was laid off from. So, <laughs> wow. Okay. yeah. So you come back home after falling out of love with the game and you land this job. Sounds like a pretty solid gig, especially for a first job out of college, especially not, I'm yeah. assuming you didn't have like a super clear idea of what you wanted to do. You were just like sports jobs. Let me get something. Yeah. Related. Yep. Right. Just like most of us, just like most, a exactly. lot of people are not in their head right now. So exactly. And after you got laid off, I'm like, what did you do next? What happened? <laughs> were, you, were you scared? I panicked. Um, first, I watched Grey's Anatomy for like two days crying <laughs> in my bed. Um, that was the first thing I did. <laughs> and then, uh, that's a true story, for real. And then I, um, my sisters, my, my family had some connections in the city um, based on what they do. And they knew some, my sister knew someone at Nike and sent my resume and said, my sister needs an internship. Like, please give her anything. <laughs> like, doesn't matter what it is. And um, this guy, his name is Rocky. Uh, I think he works at Beats by Dre now. He said, uh, I don't, Nike doesn't have anything right now, but I'll send it to our agency. And I had no idea what an agency was. I didn't even really know what marketing was at the time. I, like, I'd never heard that word before. Um, and the agency basically based off a favor follow uh they they hired me and i i think i started their internship program like two weeks later they had a wow. summer internship program so yeah it was a four about a four month program um this agency was called uh, game seven marketing they're still around now huge big agency that um boutique but big in the clients that they work with nike's they were founded on on nike basketball so i ended up doing a ton of work with nike and nike basketball actually that summer was my first jordan project that i ever worked on i kind of weaseled my way into it um 
I had a bachelorette party in Vegas. And the day after the bachelorette party, I knew they were starting the production on a really big Jordan project. And uh, I was like, I'll pay for my hotel. Just let me help on this project. And so they did. And uh, that was kind of like my first real experience working in the Nike and, and Jordan brand world, which was really, really cool, really good experience. Wow. I know you said you weaseled your way into it, but it sounds more like a <laughs> finesse to me. That's yeah. a finesse move right there. I respect it, that. Big finesse. Um, yeah. To put your own money up just to be in the room, to put yourself in position like that. I think that's huge. I yep. want to go back for a second to for to have you give some advice. You know, honestly, I feel like even just having the connection is or making a connection is advice in and of itself. But for those who maybe don't have a connection um, and are trying to get some sort of internship or just trying to get their foot in the door like you did, you know, is there any advice you can give to those people out there who may be struggling or just like, man, I don't know where to start. I don't know how to put myself in position. What do you want to say to those people right now? Be prepared for rejection <laughs> and be okay with it. Um, it. It takes a lot. Sometimes cold calling, cold emails. I still do it today. Um, just being okay, being okay with that process and, and being knocked down, but able to get up uh, every single time. So that, that's what it was for me. Like it's, <laughs> what do they say? Closed mouths don't get fed. <laughs> like, <laughs> if, if you don't ask, you'll never know, or, or you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Like you will never know if you don't try. So give everything a try and, and don't be afraid for the no, just find your, your next yes. I love that. And a lot of people, when I ask them to give advice, and you know this, people will just say, yeah, you just got to keep going and just believe, in that, which is fine. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. You got to motivate people. But yeah. I love how you you started out with not being afraid of rejection because that's reality. Most of us, mm -hmm. you know, you're trying to get your feet wet coming out of college. No one's going to get back to you. No one's going to hit you mm -hmm. back. You know, it's going to be crickets. And I love mm -hmm. that you even say you still do it to this day. So do oh, I. Yeah. I'm cold outreaching to people all day long. Why not? What do I have to lose? And I think you said that, like you have nothing to lose by yep. reaching out. Yeah. So. Or you're, you're at an event. Like I just pulled up to the Super Bowl a couple of weeks ago because one person told me to come and I was like, all right, I'm just going to go and see what happens. And I ended up getting into all these events, but then there was also some people that were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Email me and have never, <laughs> never answered my email. Uh, so it, it's a lot of that. It happens all the time, but that's just the nature of the business. Mm -hmm. So for those of you guys listening, really take, Taylor's advice right now, because at the end of the day, if you reach out to, sometimes it's going to take you to re reaching out to hundreds of people for you to hear anything back. And if you reach mm -hmm. out to hundreds of people and you hear back from one person, then the hundreds of people you didn't hear back from makes it all worth it because you heard back from that one. So exactly. Solid advice right there. So I know there's a lot of steps in between, you know, founding agency 32 um, after you started this internship and you finessed your way in the door to that event. Uh, talk about some of those steps leading up to you starting your own agency. Yeah, so I'll fast forward through the rest of the story. But basically, I ended up being the only intern that got hired after that internship, which was really cool. Um, so I stayed at Game 7 for about two years. And uh, I was working primarily on Nike basketball a lot in Chicago. And I was even living, I moved to Chicago for two summers, those those two summers that I worked there, they moved me to Chicago to run all of Nike basketball, um, all the summer programming. So I was building a lot of connections in Chicago, the people at Nike in Chicago, I had really good relationships with 
one of them is still my, she's not at Chicago in Chicago anymore, but she's still my mentor to this day. Um, she's just in Portland on campus. Um, but she was like, Hey, do you want to move to Chicago? And I was like, I think this was summer 2018. She's like, you want to move to Chicago? And I was like, sure. Like you got something like, (laughs) I don't know, like, sounds good. And she was like, okay, I'll get back to you. And within, I think it was four days, I quit my job and was moving to Chicago to join a different agency um, called Momentum Worldwide that was um, doing this big Nike basketball project uh, called The Church. And some people might have seen pictures of it, but basically we took an abandoned church on the west side of Chicago and did free programming, made it a five-star facility and did free programming for kids for four weeks um, in the summer. So I was brought on to handle all the programming. Uh, We were flying in elite trainers from LA, from everywhere, the people that train LeBron, like everyone, bringing them in and uh, busing teams in every day, like pack schedule. So after that, Momentum was like, hey, we want you to stay and build our Nike business. We don't really have any in in Chicago or in the US. They were Toronto-based. So we want you to build the Nike business. So I did that for the next two years. um, And built it to a multi-million dollar business for momentum um, across all Nike territories. Um, I had a team that was working with me and then COVID hit and I got laid off again. And uh, which was a a pretty scary moment um, because it's the middle of COVID and no one's getting jobs in COVID. (laughs) They're just losing them. Um, So I was like, you know, I could probably do some of this on my own. So that was when the first, that was the first kind of like thought of like, Hey, maybe I should just try something on my own. And some people, I was working with a lot of talent, working with Nike and booking talent from everywhere and all types of talent too, um, artists, musicians, DJs, um, like Instagram people and influencers. And some people were asking me to manage them. And I was like, that sounds interesting. Like, that could be cool. I kind of always wanted to be an agent, but I didn't want to go to law school. So like, this could be a cool, like different way to do it. So I started as a side hustle. Um, it was originally Taylor B management. That was my first LLC. And, uh, in the meantime, uh, this is beginning of 2021. I got another job at a different agency. I was leading global social media for champion, um, at, uh, an agency called BBDO. I did that for about six months hated it then worked for got another job as the director of marketing for a cannabis company which is pretty cool lasted three months and now september of 2021 i was like i'm done with this i'm just gonna do agency 32 full-time and uh that is when agency 32 was like really born that's the the date we go with 9 10 21 um so since then that's we've been building and and actually that day that I decided you know I'm done with this job I'm going full entrepreneur I landed a contract that brought me through the end of the year so I was like okay this is like the universe telling me this is something that I'm supposed to be doing um and started a Nike Nike was my first client with agency 32 um built a campaign for them with Hibbit Sports a retailer and that campaign is still running to this day, a year and a half later. Um, it's featuring different women. And we've featured, I think, over 30, 30 to 35 women um, in the last year and a half, which is really cool. Um, so, yeah, that's how we got here. Wow. Now, 
I've always known you to be a confident person. I've always known you to be a, that was one of the things I appreciated about you because we were all coming in as freshmen at Stony Brook, you know? And so I remember you always telling it like it is being very straight up, very straightforward. <laughs> that's just, that's just the East coast. That's just the North, New York in you. Right. Um, but one thing I'm hearing is like, not only did you have the confidence to put yourself in all these positions, even when stuff didn't work out or, you know, you were laid off, whatever the case may be, even when you didn't even know what the hell you were doing really, you had the confidence to figure it out, but like, were there ever any moments where like, did you experience any type of imposter syndrome at all? Or like, did you, were you afraid that you didn't have the type of experience or were you just like, yeah, I got this. Cause that's kind of your demeanor anyway. You know what I'm oh saying? My like, God. <laughs> Every day now <laughs> that doesn't go away. Um, I still to this day have thoughts where I'm like, I could just go get like a VP job somewhere at an agency and like, work on a salary and clock in and clock out. Like I could do that easily. Uh, and I think about it and then I'm like, why would I do that? <laughs> I'm doing, I'm, I'm disrupting a space. My goal is to disrupt. I want people to feel uncomfortable with the work that I'm doing because it's so good and so clean. My clients are the people, the aspirational people in sports and entertainment. Like I want people to feel that. So that's kind of how I talk myself out of those moments. Um, but yeah, that I don't think that'll ever go away. Honestly. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, with that being said, cause you said something earlier, you were like, uh, I'm done with this. And that was kind of like the last time you worked a corporate job and then you went full speed into the agency. Mm-hmm. What is it that you were done with? Like, was it just the nine to five lifestyle or the control? What, what was it? Um, answering to somebody else (laughs) first of all um the not making my own schedule um I like the flexibility of making my own schedule now um not being able to travel when I want like having to like ask for PTO like I'm not I don't want to do that um working with people that I necessarily don't want to work with or don't have the same work ethic as I do or don't have the same vision as I do um I think that's a big, uh, that's, it's hard being an athlete in a corporate scene because I'm, I have an athlete attitude in everything that I do. So I'm not stopping until the job is done. Like I'm a stay at the office until the lights go out. And if we're not done type person where a lot of the other teammates were like, okay, five o'clock. See you guys tomorrow. And I'm like, wait, but we have a meeting at 9am with the client. Like that's not going to work. So yeah, that was, those were probably the things that I was like, okay, I'm, I'm good here. The other thing was I was building a business in someone else's business and I was managing the finances and I was seeing what they were making versus what I was making. Mm -hmm. and how much support they were putting in versus how much work I was doing. And I was like, these numbers don't match up for me. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So I definitely want to spend some more time on your agency and talking about that because there's a lot we can cover there. But some of the things you're bringing up right now, I think are really important, especially for basically the younger versions of us who are just like, Mm -hmm. I'm done playing. I don't know what I'm doing. What you said about the work environment of bringing that athletic mindset into the job, 
that is something that I hear time and time again. And I know, you know, that's a common experience because you Mm -hmm. go into this place. And if you're the only athlete there or one of the few, like, or former athletes, you just feel like, what is this place? What is Mm -hmm. wrong with these people or what's wrong with me? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, and this is the other thing I want to talk about because you mentioned that like when you, when you took the leap to go into the agency full time, it's scary. And everybody, we live in a day and age where everybody wants to be their own boss. Oh, I want to make my own schedule. I want to be free. Can you talk about the realities of what it's like to (laughs) actually build your own business? It's not just you wake up and float through the day and drink tea or whatever, you know, what's the, what's your typical day like these days? Oh my God. Um, (laughs) it's more than the, like, uh, more than the, like being on calls and being the point person and all of that. It's the, it's the mental load that I think people aren't prepared for. And most people that's, that's where they break. Um, I don't have the luxury of clocking in and clocking out. I don't get to turn off my work brain. It, it is my only brain. (laughs) (laughs) So it's while, while some people, you know, clock out of work and go to dinner, I'm at dinner and my mind is still racing with, what do I, what's my next thing? What do I owe the client? A great idea. So those are the best thoughts is like, Oh shit, this is a good idea. <laughs> like, let me go uh, put that into a deck or build a deck around it. Um, so that's the hardest part is like not being able to ever turn my brain off. I'm actively working to figure out ways to do that <laughs> because honestly it's just too much. And I, like, I just physically can't do it anymore. Right. Um, So like, I encourage people to go to therapy. That is like, if you don't, and you are struggling in any type of way, even if you're not actually go to therapy, it's like game changer just to be able to talk to someone for an hour that all they care about is your well-being. Um, Because it's rare. Also, when you own your own business, you find that people want things from you more often, um, which is another thing you have to be prepared to deal with. It's like, who who actually fucks with me and who fucks with me because of what I can do for them. Um, so that's a big thing too. Um, and I think that's with anyone working in sports and entertainment. Anyone will feel that whether you own your own business or, or don't. Um, so yeah, those are, that's the biggest thing for me is just finding ways to um, find time for myself. That is not uh, work related. Like even this morning, I have a new thing where I'm trying to wake up and stretch every morning. And like, if I'm, if I'm home, like get a Peloton ride in or something like that. And I was in the middle of a stretch. It was like doing this like hip stretch. I'm like in this like weird position and something popped into my head and I picked up my phone to remind myself to do it later. And I was like, no. And I like hit my own phone out of my hand. (laughs) And I was like, no, like, that's not, we're not doing that right now. Like, and I turned the music up and I was like, that's not like the brain does not need to be there right now. So yeah, that's, that's the biggest thing is the mental load in my opinion. Mm. And on that note, because you and I, I feel like now we're getting personal. Cause for me, I think about the day when, Oh, my business is on autopilot and I can be the person who actually wakes up, but this is like a necessary stop on the way where you have mm-hmm. to be in the business before you can work on the business full time and be more detached yep. and have other people running it. So, and I, I wrestle with this sometimes because I actually is as hectic as it is, like you said, as stressful as it can be where the brain never turns off. I actually enjoy being in my business right now. 
And I think yeah. part of me is almost afraid to not afraid, but uh, almost will be sad the day where I'm not as involved in it because other people are running it. So anyway, my question for you is when you think about the future of agency three, two, like, what do you see? Will you always be involved in the same capacity or is it growing and expanding? What's, what's the future of it? Definitely growing and expanding, but I will always be involved. Um, I'm like control way too much to ever not be involved. Um, I, I do I'm very soon, probably in the next few weeks, I will be hiring someone full time to work on all of the brand operations. So like the second side of the business, which is um, separate from the talent management, the talent management, I will always be a part of, I will never hand my clients off to anybody. They work with me because they want to work with me, not because they want to work with agency three, two. Um, though they do, they do appreciate and love what I'm building. Um, but they like working with me. I would bring on other agents to work under agency three, two, but they would bring their own clients. Mm. Um, so that's probably how that side will grow. And then on the brand side, like I said, bringing in someone to handle all those operations, I'll still be involved because that's, I like doing that stuff. That's like the creative stuff. It's fun. It's fun to do events and, and come up with campaigns and marketing plans and things like that. Um, and I like working, I like plugging people that I know that are really doing dope things. Uh, so yeah, that's probably the next step is like expanding each one in their own way, which will require bringing in more people for sure. Mm -hmm. By the way, I totally realized I forgot to ask you where the name Agency 32 comes from. You were telling me before <laughs> we started recording, like where, where does that come from? So there's a story. The short way is it's fucked around and got a triple double, but um, so shout out to Ice Cube for that. And I'm waiting on the cease and desist. When I get it, I'm going to like NFT it or something. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's a, the story of me basically and how, and the agency and how I feel like we are, and I am a triple threat and we do a lot of different things and, you know, we do talent management and I'm an agent and we do brand marketing um, and we have our hands in art and music and sports and kind of all the places that those things intersect and the talent that we bring on are all very multidimensional and anyone that cares or knows about basketball knows that the best players get triple doubles. You, you have to be a dog to get a triple double. So um, that's kind of how I look at the business and how I look at the people that we work with is we're all kind of dogs in our own way and, and getting our own triple doubles. That's right. Can you show me the back of your hoodie again for those watching no. on YouTube? <laughs> we got to see the hoodie again. That's fire. <laughs> Man, I might have to grab me one of those. I'm, I'm going to need some merch after this. I know. I'll send you one, actually. I just posted it the other day, and apparently everyone wants me to drop it. So I don't know. Maybe keep an eye out. We'll see. Absolutely. My, and I will. I'm not too proud to take a free hoodie. Please believe me. Oh, no, it I will, free, <laughs> no, I will get you a hoodie. All right. I was fully ready to support, <laughs> but if you go send it for free, I'm not going to turn that down. I'm going to be like, no, 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 I'll buy it. Yeah, please send that free hoodie <laughs> and I'll wear it. <laughs> I got you. Much love. Okay, cool. Now, I want to go back to this. You said something earlier that was uh, that stood out to me. You were like, part of the reason that keeps you so immersed and, and keeping you from, aside from the fact that you're having great success with the agency, but also what keeps you from going back to the corporate lifestyle is you're like, you're, you're making history. You're disrupting the space. Right. And so for me, 
I don't know too much about the space, to be honest. And I know a lot of people listening may not know either, especially those who want to get into this space, but don't know much. So when you think about the ways that you are disrupting this industry and these, you know, these intersections of all these different worlds you're bringing together, what's the biggest way that you feel like, you know, that you're making that disruption? First off, I don't know any former professional women's basketball player that has started their own agency and is scaling the way that I am. Um, and I think my experience from the brand side and how I bring that to my players is different from how a lot of other corporate agencies are doing it. And not that they're doing it wrong or, or, or poorly. It's just different. We, we do things with a, a different type of flair and a different type of swag. Um, every, I, I'm known for, um, layman's turns running it up <laughs> so <laughs> uh, i negotiation is one of my favorite things to do i come from a family of lawyers so it's probably where that came from mm. uh, and my parents are both entrepreneurs too so that's kind of where my entrepreneurial spirit came from but um we we do things in a way that's like it surprises people and uh and it goes back to what I was saying before, where we're kind of just going for things and seeing what happens. <laughs> um, like last, last year, this time last year, actually, I pitched to the WNBA, hey, let me let my agency do a, a bunch of your events for All-Star Weekend. And uh, when other agencies found out that I did that, which they didn't find out until the party was about to happen or the events were about to happen, um, they were like, damn, we wanted to do that. It's like, okay, well then you should have pitched it. <laughs> right. So, so we're, uh, we're just doing things without, uh, unapologetically. And I think women's basketball, especially is a very safe space. And there's a lot of OGs in the space who have, who have led the way thus far. And I'm kind of coming in and, and, uh, switching things up a little bit. That's hard. I love that. I love that. <laughs> so I, I actually should have asked you this before we started recording, because a lot of up and coming athletes looking for internships, looking for jobs are listening to this podcast. Uh, are you currently looking for interns, currently looking for employees? I know you said you're hiring your first full time employee soon. Uh, what's yeah. That so I'm going to have something this summer. I need to sit down and think about what it is. I get DMs, emails all the time from people that and young people in college and and athletes and not um that want to intern or just learn more so i'm gonna figure something out so anyone watching keep an eye out and follow us and i'll have announcements and stuff i'm gonna do something i don't know quite what quite i'm not quite sure yet what it is but um there will be something for sure because i want to make sure um i'm giving back to the next person too Okay. And I'll have all your website, social media handles and all that in the show notes. Everybody go check that right now, but why don't you tell people the best way to follow you, follow the brand, all that good stuff. Yeah. So you can follow the agency, uh, at under, no, at agency three underscore two, and you can follow me at underscore Taylor J J A E underscore. Um, and then agency three dash com. So, and folks, I'm trying to help you all out right now. Okay. So you got something cooking over the summer where you're going to be looking for interns or potentially employees with all the DMS and people 
you know, you get reaching out, what's the best way to stand out where you'll be like, you know what? I want to give this person a shot. I see this young, ambitious up and comer. I want to give them a shot to be a part of my agency and give them this experience. What are you looking for? What are you looking to see when someone hits you up? Build a beautiful deck with a good idea. (laughs) That is what I need interns to do is learn, know how to build a deck. That is where we need the most help. Um, And that's where I learned a lot of the things that I did uh, back, back when I first started. So send me a beautiful deck and I will look at it and, and I will probably actually respond. (laughs) Nice. There it is. Um, I want to use this time. This just flew by. So first of all, in case I don't get a chance to say it, thank you for taking time to do this. And this is why I reached out to you, not just because the Forbes article, congrats on that again, by the way, but that was what had me really take a look into what you were doing. And then I think about the people who I coach and people who are connected to me, and I knew this was going to be helpful and you definitely delivered above and beyond. So I appreciate that. (laughs) Um, I want to use this time for you to give some advice. Um, I know you were over basketball, but for those who like, man, they fit whatever sport they play, they graduated or they're finishing up their professional career and they just really don't know who they are outside of the Jersey, or they don't know what they want to do with their lives. What can you share with those people that can just help them in that, in that chapter of their lives right now? Try different things. Um, you'll never know until you try it. I, I truly do believe that. I think people try to like imagine what their life is going to look like and it, it's impossible. You need to try things and see what you like, see what you don't like. And like I said before, be prepared for that moment where you're either rejected or you're like, I really hate this and be able to move on and find that next thing. Mm. There it is. Well, Taylor, thank you again for coming on. Uh, I want to call you Taylor J now for some reason. Cause <laughs> I, I used to call you Taylor B back in the day, but Taylor J has a nice ring to it. Uh, yeah, you can. I'm but thank that. you. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Taylor you. J it is. Taylor, Taylor J, J thank you is. for coming on. You are a prime example of what it looks like to thrive after sports. I'm excited to keep watching your journey and everything that you're doing. And um, yeah, keep killing it. I know I don't have to tell you that, but it's great to see so I appreciate you. Thank you again. This was, this was awesome. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you on the next episode. Peace.
Hey, so if you made it to the end of this episode, first of all, thank you for tuning in. For those of you guys who are here for the first time, welcome. Please like the video if you're watching on YouTube and subscribe to this channel. I have a lot more great interviews coming up. I think you'll really be surprised with some of the guests that I have and some of the stories that they have to share. This is important work. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, please just leave a five-star review, subscribe, and share this episode or any other episodes out with someone who needs to hear it. I am on a mission to help as many athletes transition out of their sport and have successful lives after their careers and not just survive, but thrive in everything that they do. And you guys know I do that in a myriad of ways. It's not just the podcast. It's not just the books but I do offer coaching as well. I wanna encourage you guys to go back and look at some of the testimonials of former athletes that I've worked with to help them through their transitions. Guys, don't hesitate to reach out. Visit tajdeshawn.com. That's where you can find all the free resources, not just the podcast and the books, but access to me. You can schedule a free call with me. I'm not gonna get on that call and try to sell you on buying a group program. I have a ton of free access and scholarships for athletes to work with me. So utilize those resources, guys. And last but not least, I definitely want to encourage you guys to grab my first book, Thrive After Sports. You can just go on Amazon, type in Taj Deshaun. Uh, I have multiple books on there, but I always try to point people to Thrive After Sports just because I think that's the, the book that I look at as the most impactful that can help an athlete through the transition. I know a lot of people have read that book and been helped through the transition without ever having to speak to me or even listening to my podcast. And I just got this recording today that I wanted to share with you guys from my guy, Benjamin Van Buren. He's a soccer player, former soccer player at Mercy College, uh, went on to play professional soccer and just recently retired. And he read my book while he was playing, but then read it again after he retired. And this is what he had to say about it. I love you guys. I'll see you in the next episode. Peace. And here's Ben. Yo, Taj is Ben from Athlete Mentor. Um, just want to let you know, obviously your book came in and I read it a while ago um, when I was still in season and it didn't really hit me then I was like yeah cool it's a, it's a great book whatever and then I went to Spain and I was playing for a team over there and then I left because my grandmother was sick uh, so I came home and now it's hitting me so I read it again dude that thing is phenomenal like if you could put this audio on a case study on your website I would do it because it's crazy how like the skills and attributes that student athletes have just go, they just go missing. And it's like, yeah, you're playing sports, you have all this adrenaline, all this all this hype about you, all you're working out all the time, you feel good, and then out of nowhere it's like, oh, cool, I'm done. You know, like I know nothing to work for really. So then you get into sales, you get into other things, and you find something that you want to build for yourself, and that's what you get that, that, uh, that excitement and that adrenaline from again. So, yeah, man, I just want to let you know that I read it again, and it really hit me now that I'm kind of officially retired as a player player. But, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's all I wanted to say, man. I hope you're doing well. hope you're living the life. I'm actually on Long Island now. I'm going to go to Stony Brook basketball game, so at your alma mater. But, uh, yeah, dude, uh, phenomenal work. And uh, let's, let's obviously stay in touch and maybe get on a call soon. Talk to you later. Peace.